You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. This podcast is entitled Maintaining a Spirit to Serve with Mrs. K. Husband. Mrs. Husband has been serving at Lancaster Baptist Church for over 20 years and is very involved in the ladies and music ministries. How do you do it? How do you maintain serving day after day, year after year, and still be serving all those years later? Um, I wish I could say I have it down pat, but I unfortunately have made more mistakes and been more convicted probably as I was asked to teach this class. I'm probably not the one um, that should teach. There are so many more others, and many of you in this room have been so faithful way beyond the 25 years you could teach the lesson for us. But how how do you keep from burning out? What happens to people who serve and all of a sudden they're doing nothing? They're just sitting on the pew now and they seem to have changed or their heart is different. So we're going to look not about serving, but about how to keep serving, keep serving with the right attitude. We're going to look at some things that might be helpful to you. But I believe it's the way we perceive things. You see, getting up and serving the Lord hasn't changed for me. I still, to be a Christian and to walk with the Lord and to do what he wants me to do, I have to serve people. It's part of who and what we are. We all serve in different ways. Everybody has different hats to wear. Everybody has different jobs and tasks. But it doesn't change who who we are as Christians. We are to serve others. It is a daily part of our lives. And so I think we have to look at it. Our paradigm has to change. If we're going to get up and serve the Lord year after year, day after day, and, and maintain the love that we had when we started, then we have to see things different. Okay, what made the difference? It's the same stairs that you have to climb every single day. It's the same thing you see, but what happened that the people who chose that didn't that would have normally taken the escalator now want to walk the stairs? It's the difference in how fun they made it. It was a they saw it, perceived it differently. We want to perceive serving as as different. It's not the same old drudgery, here we go again, I have to do this, I've been asked to do this, I have to bake this one more time. We want to make it so that it's fun. And the only way to do and maintain that is you have to do it every day and you have to do it in the Lord. We're going to look at some fun things that will help you with that. If, if we're going to look at serving differently, it's all going to start with the right attitude or what we call spiritually the right spirit. It's all about a choice. It's how we choose. Isn't it funny? Everything in our life is a choice. The way we see things, the way we do things, and we want to have the right attitude or the right spirit about how to go about serving people. Is it a bore or is it a blessing? Is it a job or is it a joy? It's how we perceive things and how we look at it and how each day we have to do that. It's attitude. It's the right spirit. So we're going to look at maintaining says in Philippians 2, yeah, but it's not on the screen. See, that's the problem. 
That this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon, upon himself the form of what? A servant. So we want to know by example, that is exactly what Jesus was. And we're going to learn in our life every single day, that's what Christ did. That's what he came to do was to be a servant. So much we must be also. It says in Mark ten forty five, for even the Son of God hath not come to be ministered unto, but what? But to minister. That was his whole purpose in the ministry that he had was to minister to others. So that's what we're going to do. To live a spirit-filled life, to become more like Christ in In our character, we must read and become the character that Christ himself was. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Wow. What can we say to that? That's who and what he was. So for us to live a Christ-like life, Christ-like life, we must also be involved in ministering and serving others. So most Christians will say that they've already knew that. For the most part, many of us and you are involved in that already probably more than uh, a lot of people, even myself. But here we want to look at how we can do it right with the right attitude and the right joy year after year. We want to continue. So let's define what maintaining means. Maintaining means, too, in the dictionary, to keep up or carry on in continuance. And I love this one, to hold against attack. And I love that. That's what we're going to look at is how to maintain that. S is for... it, without, okay, before you write in, let me say the whole thing because I'm not sure what your outline is going to say. Is, uh, is to have a sensitive heart. I don't know if that's in your outline. Okay, mine has more than that. The spirit is to keep a sensitive heart focused on Christ. So we want to have a sensitive heart, which is what we're talking about is our spirit. Don't forget who you serve. Why are we here? We are here as created as what? As his workmanship, created for his pleasure. We're here to work and serve others. That's what we can't forget. We cannot forget why Christ came and how we are to have that example. Ephesians 2 said that, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Good works is serving. That's the part of who we are. The very reason I am here is to do good works in Jesus' name pastor taught us long ago every saint is a servant everyone can serve in some way and we have to find that we know that for his it was by christ's example so how do you start your morning okay i have this little poem thank you god for your goodness i thank you that i have not said a harsh word i have not done a hurtful deed i have not offended anyone i have not had a sinful thought but in a few minutes god i'm going to put my feet on the floor and get out of bed And from this moment on, I'm going to need your help. And that's how every morning we need to start off with, Lord, (laughs) here we go. Everything that comes through, I need to be prepared for. So we're going to look at how to do that with S, having a sensitive heart. We must be tuned in to Jesus Christ. We have to have a heart that's willing to serve him. We have to be willing to say, I forget myself. I won't live for self. I want to live for others. And we have to put self that's dying to self that we all know about. But we have to do it every single day. I wish I was the perfect example of always wanting to serve. But there are days where where things come into our day. Maybe we're busy and since something is put upon your plate or someone comes by your path. And we're asked to serve, or, you're, or you see the need where you know you need to serve. And I wish I always had the right attitude about it, and I, I can say that I haven't. Um, I've, 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 I've grudgingly said some things. I've had a bad spirit because I had to stop and do something, and that never pleases the Lord. It's what we do for others that pleases God, but it's the attitude that matters most for what God has. So E is eager to help 
and stay encouraged in the Lord. Stay encouraged in the Lord. This is a harsh thing. I'm a funeral, the funeral coordinator here at the church. And so when funerals, we did a funeral, and it was such, such, such a busy time. I can't, we, we have a funeral this week, actually, but it was such a busy time. And I remember a lady who was helping me serve say, what a time for a funeral. And you know what? It touched me so much, I thought, God forbid that that person should die this week. Because you know what? That's what she was really saying. How inconvenient of someone to die that we're inconvenienced during this very busy time of our life. And I thought, should we not ever, ever feel that way or say that? That we're inconvenienced by someone's sorrow or someone's grief or a trial that we were asked to help with. And I hope we stand clean before the Lord that we've done our best every single time with the right attitude. And I hope that that we never do that. David found encouragement in the Lord. And the Bible tells us very clearly in 1 Samuel, we need to find encouragement with God. You have a really busy day. You have stress in your life. You have a thousand things you want to do and that someone calls and you're asked to be called upon either to do something for Sunday school or church or pastor or a meal or whatever. I hope that we remember you need to go to the Lord, ask for encouragement, stay encouraged in him so that we can serve him with the right attitude. We need to confess all of our feelings to the Lord. A man was in bed with his wife when there was this knock, 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 rat-a-tat on the door. He rolls over and looks at the clock, and it's half past three in the morning. I am not getting out of bed, he says, and he rolls over. Then the louder knock, knock, knock follows. His wife turns to him and says, aren't you going to answer that? So he drags himself out of bed, goes downstairs. He opens the door, and they're realizing there is a man standing at his door, and it didn't take him long to realize that this man was drunk. Hi, he slurred to the stranger. Or hi, he said the slur. Oh, I can't say it. Hi there, slurs the stranger. Can you give me a push? No, go away. It's half past three in the morning, and I am in bed sleeping. And he slams the door on the man. He goes back upstairs and tells his wife what has happened. And she says, "Dave, that wasn't very nice of you. Remember the night that we broke down in the pouring rain on the way." to pick the kids up from the babysitter and you had to knock on a man's door to ask for someone to help us get started again what would have happened if he had told us to get lost but the guy was drunk he said it doesn't matter says the wife he needs our help and it would be the christian thing for you to go and help him so the husband gets out of bed puts his clothes on and goes downstairs he opens the door not able to see the stranger anywhere he shouts hey you still want to push And he hears the voice say, yes, please. Still unable to find the stranger, he says, where are you? The stranger replies, I'm over here on your swing. (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't matter what, but we're called upon to serve. And sometimes it just may not make a lot of sense to you. Maybe it will... Hopefully not frustrate us when we see what we actually are asked to do to help someone. And so I hope we don't have that attitude. And then it's, there's disappointment or, or you didn't get thanked or recognized. And we get in our spirit, that spirit that we're talking about, something happens within our spirit. And it's our spirit that helps us maintain for the long run. See, we can do things on our own, but we can't do things very long without God's strength. And so we want to maintain that. So number R, realize I could miss the blessing. 
Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We do because it pleases God. That's why we do what we do. It's not for self. It's not for self-recognition. It's to please God, and he will enable that for us to do that in our life. I love this scripture. Proverbs 11.25 says, The liberal soul shall be made fat. That's the man that just gives and gives and gives and gives and gives. And God says, I will just bless you and fatten you up, and it will be wonderful. That's what we want to do. You see, God doesn't have to use me. Somebody else could get the blessing. Someone else could be part of the blessing. But he allows me, through things in my day, to be used, to be blessed. And it's my choice to take or accept the blessing, because many times... We'll just blow it off. And so we want to do it with the right eye. We don't want to miss a single opportunity for God to be a blessing. Because with blessings, an opportunity to serve is a part of growing. And I want to be a grown-up, mature Christian. I don't want to stay a baby Christian forever. I want the Lord to teach me and train me and, and make me grow. He can use me today. Don't you want to be used of God? And yet we'll get busy in our day. And then we'll, God will put someone in our path or will, something will happen and we'll ignore it. Or we're not finely tuned to God with our spirit and we miss it. And I think we probably, I may have missed so many blessings in my life because I wasn't paying attention or I didn't care. And I missed that. Ruth went to her mailbox and there was a letter. She picked it up and looked at it before opening it. She noticed that it didn't have a stamp or a postmark, only her name and address. She opened the letter and read, Dear Ruth, I'm going to be in your neighborhood Saturday afternoon and I'd like to stop by for a visit. Love always, Jesus. Her hands were shaking as she placed the letter on the table. Why would the Lord want to visit me? I'm nobody special. I don't have anything to offer. But with the thought, Ruth remembered that remembered her empty cabinets and oh my goodness I don't have anything to offer to even give him I'll have to go to the store I'll have to find something to serve and she reached in her purse and counted out the contents she had five dollars and forty cents okay I can buy some bread and maybe some cold cold cuts at least to serve she threw on her coat on a cold blurry day and hurried out the door a loaf of french bread and a half a piece and half a pound of sliced turkey and a carton of milk (laughs) In those old days, Ruth, leaving Ruth with a grand total of 12 cents in her change on that, on that day. Nevertheless, she felt good about what she had done as she headed home with her meager offerings tucked under her arm. As she was hurrying down the street, she heard, Hey, lady, can you help us, please? Ruth was so absorbed in her dinner plans that she hadn't even noticed the two figures huddled in the alleyway, a man and a woman, both of them dressed with little more than rags. Look, lady, I don't have a job, and my wife and I are living here out on the streets, and it's cold and we're hungry. Could you help us? We would really appreciate it. Ruth looked at both of them. They were dirty and a little smelly, and frankly, she was certain he could have found a job somewhere if he wanted to. Sir, I'd like to help you, but I'm a poor woman myself, and all I have is a few items that I'm having for a very important guest tonight at my house, and I was planning on serving that. Okay, okay, we understand. Thank you, anyway. The man put his arm around the woman's shoulders, and they turned and headed back into the alley. As she watched them leave, Ruth felt that familiar twang in her heart. 
"'Sir, wait!' she called. The couple stopped and turned, and she ran down the alley after them. "'Look, why don't you take this food? I'll figure something else out for my guest.' She handed the man the grocery bag. "'Thank you, lady,' said the lady that she talked to. "'Yes, thank you so much.' And then she looked at the woman and realized, without a coat, that she was shivering. "'You know, you know, I have another coat at home. Here, why don't you take mine?' And she wrapped her coat around the woman." She slipped it over their shoulders, and they disappeared back into the shadows. Then, smiling, she turned and walked all the way back home, freezing, thinking of what is she going to do to serve Jesus that night. Ruth was chilled by the time she reached her front door and worried, what is she going to do? As she was going in the front door, she noticed that there was an envelope in her mailbox. That's odd, she said. The mailman doesn't come twice in one day. She took out the envelope in the box, and she read, Dear Ruth, it was so good to see you again. Thank you for the lovely meal, and thank you, too, for the beautiful coat. Love, Jesus. The air was still cold, but even without her coat, Ruth was no longer noticing. What was the difference? She paid attention to the Holy Spirit. She got to be a part of a blessing. She got to be a blessing to someone else. And if we're not listening and watching for people who pass our paths, which is no mistake, if God falters, filters every step of our walk, then people who come across our path, whether at church or in our classes or even out when we're out and about in our, com- in our community, is there something God puts you there for that person for something? We need to be paying attention. It's closely tentative listening to the Holy Spirit. V is for victory of joy. There is joy in serving others. Is that cute little song that we sing about joy in serving others? Jesus, others, you is how we spell joy. Now let's talk about Martha. Remember Martha? Jesus was coming to her house. I mean, can you imagine? Jesus is coming to her house, and he had gone to there, Martha and Mary's house, many times. And she was preparing the meal, wasn't she? And she was just fixing probably a whole feast for Jesus to get there. But she wasn't dwelling on Jesus being in the house. She was worried about details and how this needed to get done and this didn't get done. So what did she do? She ended up getting frustrated with who? Martha, her sister. And so, and I mean, uh, Mary, her sister, sorry. And Mary, Mary's not helping out. She's not thinking about, you know, what we're serving. She is just like, Jesus is coming. And she can't wait for him to get there. She can't wait to get him in the house. She can't wait to find the best seat for him, which, you know, could have been a dirt in those days. Who knows what the chair was, but she didn't care. And then she sat down at his feet because she just wanted to be part of close to Jesus. And Martha was ticked off. Well, how dare her? She didn't even help me. And if we're not careful, we lose the joy. Jesus first. Do we lose the joy? Was it a joy or a job that we, we are asked to do? Always test it. Lord, <laughs> I am tired, I am weary, but if this is what you, the call comes, you need to do this. It's, it's not a job. It is a joy to serve others. And we have to, and it's not a sin to remind yourself <laughs> that it is a joy. Because we, we are selfish people. We have, our time is short, or we're stressed, we have da- tasks and jobs and projects and children and husbands and meals and the whole thing. But is it a joy when you're called upon it says in John 13, 13, 16, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that sent greater than him that sent him. Ye know these things, if ye know these things, and the last is the best of part, happy are ye that do them. So, 
joy has to be part of, of, of our every day, every getting up task, everything you're given. We are happy if we do them. Now, I wish I could say I was happy every time I did something, and I, I know I haven't been. Like, you, you know, you, you, you're asked to do something, and it's inconvenient, and it's, um, I'll confess some of my sin. I got a, a call on a Sunday afternoon from a lady in my class who had heard from another lady who needed help. She said she needed groceries that day. She asked Mrs. Husband, what should I do? And I said, I'll call, and I'll take care of it for you. And so um, it was a lady who was always in need. And there are those around us. They're always in need. And if we're not careful, you know what our attitude is? It's her again. You know, she, why does she always need everything? Why does she always, you know? And you know what happens? We get, we get off kelter and our spirit gets wrong. And it was hot. It was like hot. I mean, not like it is today. I mean, it's like three weeks ago we were having 110 temperature. It was hot. It was Sunday afternoon. Choir was at 3.30. And I had to go buy food. For someone who didn't have food in their house, okay? And I'm, I'm perturbed about it. And so, you know, I tell my husband, I have to, and I get in the hot car, and I go, and I buy essentials for, for her, and I take it to her house. And, of course, you don't get very much farther than going in the house that you go, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Someone needs something, and you called upon me to help provide it, and I'm going to whine and complain, and I'm blessed more than I could possibly be deserved to be blessed. Ooh, and the Lord just spanks you around a little bit <laughs> and says, uh-uh, okay, you know, you don't do that. And I thought, I'm so sorry, Lord. She needed, she needed help. She needed food, and that's what you called me to do. And I don't want to begrudge that. And so we want to have joy. Yes, I'm going to go help someone. You know, we should say it's 110, and I'm going to go, and, and I'm going, you know. And, you know, they say if you talk yourself, you can talk yourself into 99% of, of everything we do. And so talk yourself into it. Get out of the car. I leave my keys in the car, so I have to go get in the car, you know. We have joy. It says in Colossians, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as man pleasers, but in the singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And everything we do, we want to do as unto the Lord. It says in Psalms 102, serve the Lord with what? Gladness, you know gladness it should be a part of what we have to have the joy in the serving and i wish every single day you were called upon you would have joy and i know if you're like me you'll have those days where you're just going to go <laughs> you know how am i going to fit this in how you know and you almost want to say lord use someone else and you can't i mean how can we say that god calls upon you you're going to get the blessing why would we want to pass it on to someone else we want to be a partaker of that did you hear the one about the teacher who was helping one of her kindergarten students put on his boots? He asked for help, and she could see why. With all the pulling and the tugging and pushing, her boots, the boots still didn't want to go on. When the second boot was finally on, she had worked up quite a sweat. She almost whimpered when the little boy said, Teacher, they're on the wrong feet. <laughs> she looked, and sure enough, they were. It wasn't any easier pulling the boot off than it was getting them on. She managed to keep her cool as together they worked to get the boots back on together on the right feet. And then he announced, these aren't my boots. (laughs) 
She bit her tongue instead of rathering, wanting to get in his face and scream, then why didn't you say so? But she didn't. Once again, she struggled to help him pull the ill-fitting boots off. And then he said, they're my brother's boots. My mom makes me wear them. She didn't know if she should laugh or cry at this point. (laughs) She mustered up just enough grace to wrestle the boots back on his feet again. Finally, she patted the little guy on the head and said, Now, where are your mittens? He said, In the boots. (laughs) Now, I hope serving, sometimes you start off and you just go, Oh, for heaven's sake. You know, it just doesn't seem like... You know, here we are again, and and the sweat's up, and you're, you know. But at the end, it's God's blessings, and it's knowing that you were part of that, that we can't forget. We have to live every single day of life. I've seen many, many Christians go through life, many here, and they're no longer serving. They're just sitting. And I look and say, Lord, don't let me be like that. I want to be still serving, you know. Terry and I laugh. Ms. Chapel and I laugh, you know, 25 years we've been here. And we keep thinking, yeah, 25 more, you know, we're going to be in our canes and our wheelchairs. But that's okay as long as we're still serving the Lord. We're still side by side serving the Lord. A is anticipate the needs. I think it's because we miss the blessings because we are not watching. It's fun to watch and listen and see whose needs you can meet. It really is. It is. When my kid, my kids are grown, I have two grown children now. I'm a grandma. I got to be a grandma. I'm so excited. I'm going to be a grandma again in December. You know, it's a whole different life with grandchildren, isn't it? They're just, children were a nightmare, but grandchildren were great. <laughs> you know, they're just, woo, I love it. But when they were little, we would, we would play a game of, of watching to see what we could do, you know. And I would tell them, listen to your teachers and see what their favorite things are. And then they'd come home and say, oh, you know, uh, Brother Jones's favorite thing is uh, a snicker bar. And I said, oh, that's good. And we'd buy a snicker bar. And he could take the snicker bar to him because they were listening and watching to help meet a need. Why does that change when we grow up? We should still be anticipating the needs of others, watching and listening. Um, if Mrs. Chapel says she's thirsty, she has 30 drinks on her cup on her desk before the end of the day. Uh, people are watching and listening. We want to meet her needs or we want to help. And we're always listening, you know, what her favorite things are. We, all of us should know. All of us should know what that, that is so we can help watch and listen. And, and we, you know, pastor's favorite thing is snicker bars, but he won't let us buy them anymore. You know, he's on a strict diet. And so he said, don't do that anymore. But we need to be anticipating the needs of others. We should be watching and looking, not apprehensive or ducking. Did you ever see your Sunday school teacher say they need to do something and you do this? <laughs> oh, please, please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. You know? And we find we're ducking out of, of an opportunity to do something and we're trying to hide behind the person in front of us or something. Oh, what did God say about that? Don't you think it grieves his heart? He's like, oh, you could be part of really something wonderful. And we don't because we're not anticipating it. An eyewitness account in New York on a cold day in December some years ago, there was a little boy about 10 years old standing out in front of the store with no shoes on, barefooted, peering through the window and shivering with cold. The lady approached as she passed by and she saw the little lad and said, my, but you are in such deep thought staring through that window. I was, asked, I was asking God to give me a pair of shoes, the little boy replied. 
Overwhelmed by the boy's words, the lady took him by the hand, went into the store, and asked the clerk to get some pairs of socks for the boy. Then she asked if she could give him, if she would bring her a basin of water and a towel, she quickly brought, she, which the man quickly did. She took the little boy to the back part of the store. She removed her gloves, knelt down, and washed his little feet and dried them with the towel. By this time, the clerk had returned with his socks and. Placing the pair on the little boy, she purchased him a pair of shoes. She tied up the remainder of the little socks for him to send home, for her for him to take home and gave them to him, patted him on the head and said, "No doubt you'll be more comfortable now." As she turned to go, he astonishingly caught her by the hand, looked deep into her face with tears and asked, "Are you God's wife?" <laughs> Would we miss a blessing? and not represent Jesus Christ, sometimes we're the only Christ people see. And if we miss that opportunity, maybe they won't see the same Christ that they could have seen in us. Anticipating the needs. Okay, how about in? This, actually, this spells servant, if you haven't figured that out. In! We need God's power. Philippians 4, 4 says, I can do all things, even serve. And, and with the right attitude and with the right spirit, <laughs> not forgetting what God would have of us. We need to ask God's power every single day in our life or we won't make it for the long run. If I had to do it on my own strength, day after day, I will quit because life is stressful. We're busy. We have so many things to do. We have so many things that we're asked of and we're required of and we have to line up and priorities in our life and children and grandchildren and husbands, whatever, jobs. If we're not careful, we'll do it on our own strength. But you won't make it. Because on our own strength, self takes over. And when self takes over, you're frustrated. You get angry. And angriness turns to bitterness. And before we know it, we're almost angry at the Lord instead of serving him. And we need, to, we need God's power every single day of our life. We want to be in it for the long term. We want to be able to represent Christ in everything we say or do. Don't you love my stories? Okay, here's another one. <laughs> I was driving home from a meeting one evening about 5 o'clock, stuck in traffic on Colorado Boulevard, and the car started to choke and sputter and died. I barely was able to manage the coasting and and cruising of my into the gas station to the left, glad only to be out of the traffic that would and would somehow warm a spot and wait for the tow truck. It wouldn't even turn over when I turned the key. Before I could make the call, I saw this woman coming out of the the mini market. Watched as she slipped on the ice and fell into the gas pump. So I quickly got out of the car to see if she was okay. When I got there, I looked. she looked more like she was overcome by sobs than the fall she had taken. She was a young woman who had really looked haggard with dark circles under her eyes. She dropped something and I helped her pick it up. I picked it up and gave it to her. It was a nickel. At that time, I took a quick survey of things around me and focused in the crying woman, the ancient suburban crammed full of stuff with three kids in the back, one in a car seat, and the gas pump reading $4.95. I asked her if she was okay and if she needed help, and she just kept saying, I just don't want my kids to see me cry. So we stood around the other side of the car behind the, car pump, behind the gas pump. She said she was driving to California and that things had gone very wrong for her. And so I asked, 
were you praying? Well, that made her back away from me a little bit, as she was astonished at what I said. She thought probably I was a crazy person or something. Well, it's okay, I told her, patting her hand, because God heard you. He sent me. I took out my card and swiped it through the card reader so on the pump so she could fill her gas, her car completely full of gas. And while we were fueling, I walked next door to McDonald's and bought two large bags of foods and some gift certificates for more and a great big cup of coffee. She gave the food to the kids in the car who attacked it like wolves. And while we stood at the pump eating the fries, we talked a little bit. She told me her name and that she lived in Kansas City. Her husband had left her two months ago. She had not been able to make ends meet. She knew she wouldn't have money for the rent on the first, and in great desperation she called her parents, who lived in California, with whom she had not spoken to in five years. They lived here, and she, and she, had, she was coming to live with them with great joy of her parents as she tried to get back on her feet. So she packed everything she owned into this car. She told the kids that they were headed for California for Christmas. I gave her my gloves, a little hug, and said a quick prayer for safety for the road. As I was walking over to my car, she shouted at me, So, are you like an angel or something? Well, this made me cry. I said, Sweetie, at this time of the year, angels are really busy. So sometimes God uses regular people. It was incredible to be a part of someone else's miracle. And of course, as you guessed it, when I got into my car, it started right away. Got me all the way home with no problem. I'll put it in the shop tomorrow to check, but I will suspect the mechanic won't find anything wrong with it. Do we want to be a part of someone else's blessing? Would we miss the opportunity to serve someone or help someone, whether large, big, or small? I believe the right spirit is everything in the way we perceive. As we saw those stairs, I hate stairs. Give me the elevator and escalator every single time. But it looked so fun to climb those stairs. I mean, it's the same height that it was, you know, the first time they went up up the stairs. It didn't change. It was still as much of a sweat to get to the top if you're like me climbing the stairs. But it looks so much more fun now to climb the stairs instead of taking the escalator. Why? They perceived it different. They changed what they had. It was still a hard task. It still was exercise. Heaven forbid we were to exercise. And yet they still loved being it. It changed who and what they were. I believe that's what we need to do. We need to change how we, how we perceive things and see things. T is for trust God. Are you trusting God? No matter how long we've been saved or whether or not we're even in ministry or just part of a local church, Every day of our life, we are to serve others. It pleases God when we serve others. It's a part of who we are. And whether they're saved or lost, it doesn't matter. God still asks us to serve. There's always a reason that your path will cross some way, someday. There's always a reason your path will cross someone that day. It's not a mistake. The people we meet, the people that cross paths, are there because God puts them in our path for a reason. Are we watching? Are we listening? Are we anticipating God could use you as a part of a miracle? We must truly change our attitude. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of a right spirit on life. The right spirit and attitude to me are more important than facts. It's more important than the past, than education, than money than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what, other, than what other people think, say, or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. 
It will make or break a company, a church, and even a home. The remarkable thing is that we have a choice every day regarding the right attitude that we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can change is our attitude and our right spirit. I am fully convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I perceive it and react to it. We must trust God to make you want to be there in the long term. It should be that we have a room full of older, I'm older, so I have to be careful, older people who are still serving the Lord. And praise the Lord, we have generations now that we're raising and seeing a third generation in our family come up. But where are the faces that we've seen for years and years? I hope they're still around. It says in Joshua 24, I love this. This is Ms. Chapel's favorite verse. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods or your fathers served, that your fathers served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in the land you, whose land ye dwell. But for me and my house, what? We're going to serve the Lord. It's who and where we are. I want my kids to be servants. I want them to help be the next generation. And now my grandchildren are coming out. We want to hear one thing when we face Jesus Christ. Matthew twenty five twenty one. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Don't you want to hear those words, well done? I do. I don't want to run my course and then stand with regrets of what I could have, should have, could have done. I want to be able to have done all that God wanted me to do and passed on my plate and down my road. I dreamed I was in heaven where an angel kept God's book. He was writing so intently I just had to take a look. It was not at first his writings that made me stop and think, but the fluid in the bottle that was marked eternal ink. This ink was most amazing, dark black upon its blotter. But as it touched the parchment, it became clear as water. The angel kept on writing, but as quickly as a wink, the words were disappearing with that strange eternal ink. The angel took no notice, but kept writing on and on. He turned each page and filled it till its space was all gone. I thought he wrote to no avail. His efforts were so vain, for he wrote a thousand pages that he'd never read again. And as I watched and wondered that this awesome sight was mine, I actually saw a word stay black as it dried upon the line. The angel wrote, and I thought I saw a look of satisfaction. At, le- at last he had some print to show for all his earnest action. A line or two dried dark and stayed as black as black can be. But strangely, the next paragraph became invisible to see. The book was getting fuller, the angel's records true, but most of it was blank with just a few words coming through. I knew there was some reason, but it was hard as I could think. I couldn't grasp the significance of this eternal ink. The mystery burned within me, and I finally dared to ask the angel to explain to me of his amazing task. What I heard was frightful as the angel turned his head. He looked directly at me, and this is what he said. I know you stand in wonder at my writing's worth, but God has told me to record the lives of those on earth. The book that I am filling is an accurate account of every word in action and to what they do amount. And since you have been watching, I must tell you what is true. The details of my journal and the, are the strict accounts of you. 
The Lord asked me to watch you as each day you worked and played. I saw you when you went to church. I saw you when you prayed. But I was told to document your life through all the week. I wrote when you were proud and bold. I wrote when you were meek. I recorded all your attitudes, whether they were good or bad. I was sorry when I had to write the things that made God sad. So now I'll tell you the wonder of this eternal ink. For the reason for its mystery should make you stop and think. This ink that God created to help me keep my journal will only keep a record of things that are eternal. So much of life is wasted on things that matter not. So instead of my erasing smudging ink and ugly blot, I just keep writing faithfully and let the ink do all the rest, for it is able to decide what is useless and what is best. And, God's orda- and God ordained that as I write of all of you, all you do and say, your deeds that count for nothing will just disappear away. When books are open someday, as sure as heaven is true, the Lord's eternal ink will tell what mattered most to you. If you just live to please yourself, the pages will be bare, and God will issue no reward for you when you get there. In fact, you'll be embarrassed, and you will hang your head in shame, because you did not give yourself in love in Jesus' name. Yet maybe there will be a few recorded lines that stayed, that showed the times you truly cared, sincerely loved, and prayed. But you will always wonder, as you enter heaven's door, how much more glad you would have been if you'd only done more. For I record as God sees, I don't stop to even think, because the truth is written with God's eternal ink. When I heard the angel's story, I fell and wept and cried, for as yet I was still dreaming I really hadn't died. I said, O angel, tell the Lord, as soon as I awake, I will live my life for Jesus. I will do for all his dear sake. I will give in full surrender. I will do what he wants me to. I'll turn my back on self and sin and whatever isn't true. And though though the way seem long and rough, I promise to endure. I'm determined to pursue the things that are holy, clean, and pure. With Jesus as my helper, I'll, I'll win. I will serve souls for thee, for I know that they, will, they, that they can live with Christ for all eternity. And that's what really matters when my life on earth is gone, that I will stand before the Lord and I will hear him say, well done. For it is really worth it as my life is it really worth it as my life lies in the brink and I realize that God keeps books with his eternal ink should all my life be focused on things that turn to dust from this point on I will serve the Lord I can I will I must I will not send these blank pages up to the God's majestic throne for there for where that record's going now is my eternal home I'm giving all to Jesus, and I'll forever serve the link, for I saw the angel write my life with God's eternal ink. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast. Today's lesson was on maintaining a spirit to serve with Mrs. K. Husband. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.